Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health Podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Unfuck Your Health Podcast. Today, I have a really special guest, a good friend of mine, Hannah Burns. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. How are you doing today? I am doing great today. Yeah, How are you? that's you know what? I can't complain. I just moved. I'm a little bit sore and I got to go work out today, but we're making it through. I feel pretty good. I'm surprised. I'm just really tired. The Moving worst part is of the an underrated yeah. workout. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, well, and then you get all the stuff in and then you have to unpack it. And I was like, I have to get my office done. And I was like, well, now that I did that, I have that box that I need to get done. And the next thing you know, it's like midnight. And I'm like, fuck, I got to be yep. up at seven. I'm tired. Yeah. But we got electric forest coming up. Oh, yes. Less that than a week. Going, I almost yeah, said a week, but it's Thursday. It, it's less than a week. It's crazy. I just got my stuff in the mail uh, Monday, I think. Yeah. My wristband in the mail on Monday. I'm still waiting for them to drop the lineup. Yep. I know. I, I will line up, but yet. like lineup is here about the, uh, the set list. Yes. The set, the times. I think last year we got it like the Friday before. Yeah. That's, I was talking to another friend and she said that they're just teasing us with it. They're probably yeah. going to do us on Friday, yeah. but I saw them put out the, uh, the base rush stage and that looked crazy. I'll be there all so day. Sweet. Yes, <laughs> that's I'm what so someone excited. in our group chat said too. They're like, catch me here all day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it makes it nice. I don't have to move around and lose my spot. It, it'll yep. be a good time. Yep, exactly. So before we get into everything, and today we're going to talk a little bit about being able to enjoy your life and have fun, enjoy a beer or a music festival and still see progress on your fitness journey. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Who is Hannah Burns? Who is Hannah Burns? Great question, Robin. So (laughs) I currently am a fitness and nutrition coach. I work for Vitality OET and I have been coaching since... January of 2018, which is crazy to say. Um, it like feels like it hasn't been that long, but here we right. are. And I got into fitness really because I was just working in the gym at school to make some money when I was in college. I was a gymnast all the way through college, but I never like lifted or anything like that. And then the start of my junior year started lifting and I was like, oh shit, I love this. And then very naturally, I had a conversation with my boss at the time who I had a great relationship with. And he was like, yeah, I actually think you'd be a great personal trainer. Like we have this uh, certification here next weekend. If you want to take it, I'll cover it for you. If you pass, I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Hell yeah. How could I pass that up? And like, I had never, I'd coached gymnastics. I'd coached cheering, but like obviously never coached fitness because I was just looking at Instagram videos at the time, trying to figure out my workouts. (laughs) But then I started coaching and was like, oh, wow, I love this. And I was in school for business and was like, oh, movement is definitely what I actually want to be doing. And so I had like what I call my quarter life crisis, ended up finishing school for business, which, you know, in the long run worked out because I ran my own business for a bit, still have it, but not the main focus right now. Um, but yeah, turned into 
really wanting to do something related to movement. And over the years it's evolved, um, into fitness and nutrition coaching. And I would say that at the moment, the nutrition side is more of like my obsession and fascination, probably because it's a bit newer than the fitness and movement side, but, um, I love it all. And I think you can't have one without the other. They complement each other too well to help you be the happiest and healthiest, most successful version of yourself. And that's what I'm really all about. I love that. That is amazing. You're right. They do go hand in hand. So I want to kind of step back quick and, and talk a little bit more about you getting into strength training. Um, what was that like? What was that that light bulb changing moment for you that you're like, this is this is it. This is so much fun. I love doing this. Okay. So I until recently was like hardcore people pleaser. Now I have a tendency to people please, but People pleasing was definitely like full on identity for me until the last couple of years. And so I did things for other people a lot. And so the first time I lifted weights, I was lifting to help my friend feel more comfortable in the weight room at school because like I worked there and I was like, oh, whatever. I'm in there all the time. I tell people what to do. I'll lift with you. And then I was like, oh, wait, I kind of like this. And after that, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 a.m. We lifted together pretty much all the way through junior and senior year of college. And so I will uh, credit my friend Ashley for getting me into it. But it was that people-pleasing tendency of mine where I was like, yeah, I have to help this person feel comfortable. They will then like me better as if she wasn't already my best friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> she would have loved me regardless, but I was like, have to do it. And then... Honestly, after that first day, I was like so challenged by it and really enjoyed it. And then a few weeks in, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. And in hindsight, like, I guess in reflection is a better way to say it. Um, I realized that it was the first thing I actually started to continuously do for myself. So the way I started was to help a friend, but the bonding time that we had together, the way that I felt during and after workouts, feeling like I had another way to challenge myself and my body. Um, there were just so many things that started to pile up together through lifting. And I wasn't even like strength training at the time. Like I said, I was following Instagram workouts for a good six months, uh, before I started to actually learn how to, you know, put things together, but it really is that first step of like, okay, I'm doing something for myself. And over the years, that's really what keeps me doing it is like, I get to choose this for myself. I get to lift heavier weights. I get to be someone who's really strong. Like that impresses me. And so like, cool if it impresses somebody else, but I really do it for me. It's, it's how I keep going and like how I got into it and what keeps me at it is like, okay, this is how you started to change that narrative of your life of like hardcore people pleaser as an identity. Well, I started to choose workouts over like staying up super late. Sometimes I stayed up super late still, <laughs> but I still made it to the gym. Um, and so just over the years, that choice for myself started to stack. Um, and that's really how it has kept me going. Uh, recently, I, go ahead. No, I just say, I love that. Um, I was going to say recently, from March through May, I worked out from home just to like, yes, I was following myself. that. That looked really cool. It was cool, but I'm a gym girl. Um, yeah, for sure. 
So I did it to challenge myself, but also like to show people that you don't need to be in a gym to make progress. And like, I still got, I like, I chose to do that. Right. I get to, you know, show that to other people because I am on social media and I'm a coach and I get to have those conversations. Um, but towards the end of it, I was like, I just really want to be in the gym. Like I miss it. (laughs) It was hard when I was working out at home to wake up even at 5am and be like, I can stay in bed because I didn't have anywhere to go. June 1st hit. I went to the gym. I woke up at 4am. I have woken up at 4am most days this month because I'm like, I get to go to the gym today. I get to go to the gym today. And it just feels so good to like make that choice for myself and like the community and like the feelings that you get in so many ways from being in the gym is yeah, that that's why I'm still here doing it. I love it. That's awesome. The gym is a fantastic place. It's a motivating place to be too. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to touch on one thing. Um, you talked about kind of that transition period of your life when you went from being a people pleaser to starting to do things for you. Um, I think a lot of clients, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, they they have this this fear that they start to put themselves first. They start to do things for themselves. And it starts to take away from what they can do for other people and how they can show up for other people. How does this start to transition in your life? How did your relationship start to change at this time? How did you start to prioritize yourself a little bit more without necessarily deprioritizing other people? So the cool thing is, as you start to make choices for yourself, you are filled up with more energy, excuse me, with more energy to pour into other people the way that you hope to be doing all the time, but you probably feel absolutely exhausted and worn out from doing it over and over and over and over again without pouring anything into yourself, right? People say like, you can't pour from an empty cup, but we do. And we think that we have to keep pouring and pouring and pouring, and we can't take the time to spend paying attention to ourselves for an hour or even 20 minutes a day. Um, And you say, how did I maintain like giving energy and attention to myself while also like doing that for other people? Well, over time, the amount of people that I wanted to pour my energy into was less because I realized the value that I had in myself and I didn't need to be constantly people pleasing. I didn't need all these people in my life. I didn't need the approval from all these people because I felt that from taking care of myself. And so I actually had more time and more energy and more attention to pour into the fewer people who deserved that from me because I got that back from them. And guess what? They're also the people that take the time for themselves and aren't constantly pouring and pouring and pouring into other people, but it's like this mutual thing. And now I find that most of the people that I spend most of my like time and energy on are also people who spend a lot of time away taking care of themselves. It's not about doing stuff for other people every waking moment of the day, because if you constantly do that, then the quality of effort and attention that you give to people, it's like a quarter of what you can actually give. And so if you take the time for yourself, you have a higher quality of love and care and energy to give to other people while also maintaining that in yourself and feeling so much better. 
It's almost like that law of attraction. Like you, you attract what you put out into this world and you put out that, like I'm doing things for me and I'm putting myself first, but not in a negative way. And I think so many people just view that, that phrase even negatively, like put yourself first and it's okay because you start to attract and bring into that, that stuff into your life that you want. People think it's selfish to take the time for yourself, but like we have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And I'll say that a million times. And they say all the time, you cannot constantly be selfless. But you also can't constantly be selfish because then you're going to live a very unfulfilled life. You have to have a balance of selflessness paired with selfishness, because if you don't have the selfishness, well, that selflessness feels like it's taking the life out of you and that's no life to live. Yeah. It almost makes you start to like be, want to push people away and like be Mm -hmm. resentful almost because you're putting all your time into this stuff and not getting any of it back. Um, So you talked um, there a little bit about balance. Um, you were in college when you started your fitness journey and you still live a very fun life. You do a lot of really cool things. How do you balance that? How do you balance having goals, being in the gym, being the fitness girl coach and still enjoying your life without necessarily feeling like you have to give up one or the other? That's part of this selfishness and selflessness aspect even though these are all things that I choose to do, right? Like go and travel, go to music festival, go to concerts, go to the gym, meal prep. Like all these things are things that I choose for myself. So you could say they're all selfish, but also there are a lot of those things that I'm spending my energy, all of my energy around other people. So that also is selfless, right? Like that sounds kind of cocky and conceited, like, oh, my energy is worth it for other people. (laughs) But like, if you're around a group of your friends, you you respect the energy that everybody has and you have to also understand, I guess you don't have to, but it's important to understand that other people's energy is not endless. And so if you don't respect somebody else's energy, well, they're probably not going to respect yours or you're not going to have a good time together. And so understanding that like there is this balance of like selfishness and selflessness. I need to spend that time and energy and attention on myself in order to give that time, energy and attention to these other people when I go and do these fun things. Cause most of the time it's not by myself because it's more fun to do with other people. And personally, my cup is very filled up by being around my friends and my family and like laughing and singing and dancing. So I'm going to choose to do those things, even though I also love going to bed at 8 30 PM and waking up at four in the morning. Right. Um, but in regards to like still maintaining a healthy and fit lifestyle, while going to do these things, understanding that there are seasons that you go through, like you may have three, four, five months of this year where you have so much going on. Okay. Amazing. You're probably going to have less time, energy, and attention to put into the gym. That's fine. And then you may have time where you like two, three months in a row where like nothing is going on great. That's where you can like put everything into the fitness and nutrition and whatever it is to improve your health. And over the course of a year, it's pretty balanced in the moments. You may be like, Oh my God, I'm so out of balance. Like I'm so off track. But if you can like go through those waves over the year of like, okay, this is my social energy era of this year. And this is my gym era of this year. And this is where I'm really focused on my nutrition over the, like 
obviously you need to go through those different waves. If you're somebody who constantly is like doing everything all at once, but you're just, you're probably not going to be good at any of what you're doing, (laughs) but if you can go through these waves and cycle through however many times a year you cycle through, maybe it's like every two months you cycle through all these phases where it's like, okay, these two months I've got this going on and it's easier to put time and energy into the gym. And then these two months, it's easier for me to put time and energy into nutrition. Cause I'm just like super busy and don't know what my gym schedule is like, but then you can also like start to piece everything together. So you don't have to be so particular about what like season or phase or era you're in. Cause like now when I go and travel, I get excited to make food in the kitchen that I'm staying in or go and try a different gym and meet people in that community because it really is like such a big community. And so I think that's part of, not part of, but like a huge way that I can do these things is that I find the value in the community and the, the waves because everything, if everything is always the same, it's not that fun. And it feels really redundant and you're like, I'm kind of over this. So inviting the, the changes and not expecting to have the same exact schedule for the gym, the same exact schedule for every single thing in your life, every single day of the year. No, for sure. I think that's, that's really, really good. And I like how you said that. Uh, so you talk a little bit about kind of having that balance. There are a lot of people who, who say they struggle with that, like, oh, I'm all or nothing mentality. What do you say to those people? How do, how does someone like that start to build balance into their life? That's a really good question. And I feel like there are people that think they're all or nothing, like with everything. And I find that they're more just all or nothing with their health because they have not yet found a way to incorporate life into health where it's like they're totally off the rails or they're not, but they're not necessarily all or nothing in every way, right? Like they're not all or nothing in work. They're not all or nothing in their friendships. They're not all or nothing in whatever else it is. It's just that fitness health side. And so for that, my advice would be start with the bare minimum. Because then from there, you can build on it. If you start with everything all at the same fucking time, well, no shit, you're going to fall off. You're literally signing up for failure. (laughs) But if you're like, okay, today and every day this week, my plan is to go for a 15-minute walk because I've been sitting on my ass for the last three months. All right, that's 15 minutes. That's, That's really doable. Even if you separate it three times a day and you do five minutes, that's like, pretty simple to include in your day, but right. You're not going to start with like, okay, I'm going to get 15,000 steps today. And I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and I'm going to eat this many calories and this many macros. No, you're fucking not because it's going (laughs) to be so overwhelming. And two days in, you're going to be like, this is bullshit. I'm (laughs) over it. Okay. Let's make it so that it's a lot easier to sustain long-term start really small. Cause then once you stack those wins on top of each other, 15 minute walk every day this week, cool. Did it. That's showing yourself seven days in a row that you're capable of doing more and more and more, right? But you're not just going to add everything at the same time. And so for the people who definitely are all or nothing in their health and fitness, 
it's starting with that bare minimum, 15 minutes of walking a day, adding one vegetable to your plate, paying attention to one meal. Maybe you track one meal a week. Maybe you track for one day in a week, or maybe you just track the same meal every single day throughout the week, but you don't track the others. Slowly taking steps to get to that extreme place that you usually dive right into is going to make it way easier for you to, to then use bits and pieces at other times. So you don't always have to be doing everything because it's unrealistic to always be doing everything, right? We don't want to track 365 days a year for the rest of our life. We don't want to have to get 10, 12, 15,000 steps a day, every single day for the rest of our life. Unrealistic. We don't want to be in the gym. I mean, some of us do want to be in the gym five days a week, every single week for the rest of our life. Things are going to change. You may only have two days available where you can do that based on work or family or whatever it is. And so if you can slowly work your way up, sure, you're not going to get to the results immediately, but it's going to be way more sustainable. And the results you do get are probably going to be far more epic and last way fucking longer. Yes. Small changes here and there yield epic results. I love that. Um, so you talked a little bit about um, different seasons of your life and and kind of choosing priorities. Um, how do you decide what the, at that time, like what your priority is, your, your goals to lose weight, to, to get to get bigger, stronger, to feel good, but also to have fun. How do you choose what is the right time to have what priority for you? Oh, okay. So this is, this is definitely gonna be different person to person, right? So I'll just kind of give you an example of like what these last two years, two years, almost two years of like life for me have been like, and how I've decided what things I'm going to focus on and what things I'm going to like lean lean away from for a little while. So end of August, 2021, I started tracking and I tracked pretty much every single day for 11, 10, 11 months and went through like my very first ever like calculated reverse diet and calculated deficit. And so I was in, like, I was so focused on that. I wanted to learn. I wanted to see what my body was capable of. I wanted to get shredded, right? We're going Results to are addicting. Next week. <laughs> yes. We're going to electric forest next week. And I went last year too. And I was like, okay, like I want to go through and be done with my deficit before this, like a week before, cause my birthday was a week, was a week before last year or like a few days before, but I wanted to like be ready to have birthday celebrations within like the next week. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like I have this timeline for this deficit. I can do that. Like I'm in it for I think it was like eight weeks I was in a deficit, which like side note, if you've been in your deficit for like 18 weeks, 20 weeks, <laughs> half a fucking year, five years, people cut the shit, <laughs> cut the shit. It's not worth it. Um, anyway, I like, I knew that timeline and I knew I was going to that festival from the time I was like consistently tracking every single day. So I had that in my head the whole time I was ready for it. Right. And so it's nice if you have plans like this where you can adjust. After that, my plan was to just like hang out throughout the summer, maintain, build some more muscle, get some more strength back. And then the day after my deficit ended last year, I signed up for a marathon. (laughs) 
right? So my plan Casual. for the summer, Casual. my plan for the summer was like, okay, like I'll just, I'll have fun in the gym. Like I had a coach programming everything for me. It was four days. I was like, this is great. I'll track every now and then for meals, but I'm not going to be super on par or like super exact with everything. I'll work out. I'll get stronger, build muscle, um, have some fun, like had summer travels. And then I signed up for a marathon. And so I was like, okay, well now a lot of my time and energy and attention and recovery time are going to go into running, which I hadn't run in almost two years. So, you know, that was interesting. Big and jump. so <laughs> it was a big jump. And so at that point I had to like shift what my focus was going to be. Okay. Now so much of my time is going to be focused on running and training. So I had to take some time away from all of the extracurricular things, right? Not everything because that's what fills my cup. I wanted to do some of those things still, but I took it back a notch so that I could have, you know, time to sleep, time to recover for marathon training. Then after I was done with my marathon, I was like, okay, I am ready to just chill and have fun. And that's precisely what I did. I had fun with training. I had fun with nutrition. Like I wasn't following a program. I was just, you know, enjoying things, having fun. And then like, that's kind of how I was for those three months before I started working out from home, but that gave me more time and energy and attention to spend elsewhere, like on business and content and so many other things that I hadn't been spending time on, right? Like I got back into reading way more consistently and like taking care of myself and giving myself more time, which I didn't have when I was training for a marathon and needing like 18 hours of sleep when you could only get like eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like you have to shift and understand like, okay, this is where my energy is going to be. And if you look at what a goal requires and it doesn't fit with everything else that you have going on, that's okay. That goal can wait. It doesn't have to be right now. Like if you have a goal of losing 20 pounds but you also have eight vacations in the next three months. Well, I'm sorry, but now's a really shitty time to try and lose any weight because stress from travel, you know, you're not going to sleep as much. If you're somebody who drinks alcohol, you're going to drink alcohol. Well, you're definitely not going to make every single meal that you cook or every single meal that you eat. And so like, it's a really bad time to try and lose 20 pounds. That's okay. You can do other things to improve your health throughout that time where you have all these vacations and trips and whatever going on, but that goal of losing 20 pounds, it's got to wait. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's very smart. And then kind of knowing, like being realistic with yourself almost of like, okay, maybe I can't attack this, but I can do something else, especially if your main goal is fat loss. Cause we work with so many clients that their main goal is fat loss. Like you can do other things during this time that are going to make your fat loss phase easier. that are going to make your fat loss phase more successful. One thing you touched on, um, and you're not currently tracking calories right now, right? Nope. So I think that's a good kind of transition to talk into. Um, how do you go from tracking calories to not tracking calories to creating that food freedom and awareness to be able to do that and feel comfortable that you're not going to quote unquote, mess up your goals. Mm -hmm. So I think a really big thing is that I still will use a food scale to like make food, especially like oatmeal and cream of rice, try eyeballing 50 grams of oatmeal. It's probably 30 or 70, 45 grams of cream of rice, forget it. 68. <laughs> like, and those are, that makes a big difference. One, that's like way too much for me to eat 
if I'm going to put all the other stuff that I put in it in there. Uh, and so, she makes some good food people. I do. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I still use a food scale, which through tracking, I learned to be very helpful as opposed to harmful in my relationship with food where tracking just to track and guessing and like not having a goal with tracking in the past, I would be on and off and on and off with because it was more harmful. And I'd be like, screw this. Like this isn't helping me. Okay. But then I had somebody who helped me figure out where my macros should be and had a plan for me moving forward based on my goals. And I learned how to fuel my body through that and looking at numbers. And I was like, okay, like I understand that 40 grams of oatmeal feels really good in my body. If I'm trying to get more carbs, 50 grams of oatmeal also feels really good, but makes me a little bit more full. So I'm going to skip out on some of the fruit in this, right? So those things I really paid attention to. I didn't just track to see numbers. I tracked to understand. And so if you are currently tracking, track to understand what helps your body, not just put numbers in and look at the numbers and try and hit those three or four number goals, but understand what combinations of foods really feel good in my body. How much of these foods feel really good in my body? How much energy do they give me? Is there any combination that makes me feel crappy? Is there any combination that makes it hard for me to go to the bathroom, right? Like these are things that I paid attention to. And so now, even if I'm not tracking calories and macros, I still pay attention to those weights of things. Um, and then in regards to like a weekly thing that makes it super simple, I used to be anti-meal prep. I love meal prepping now. It saves me it so much so time easy. during the week. <laughs> um, and so I will meal prep lunches and dinners for five to seven days, depending on what we have planned. Like if we're going out to dinner or whatever, I'll be like, okay, like noted, we don't need dinner on this day. Let me cook for only this many days. And I still do that. And there are two of us eating all of the meals I cook. So I weigh everything and I'm like, okay, this is a serving of this for us. This is a serving of this for us. And all we have to do is put it into our bowls, take it to work with us, heat it up, put it in a bowl, heat it up, whatever it is. And so I still do that. And so I'm not just like going haywire, like eating all the shit that's in front of my face. I still plan. I still prepare and have kind of like a general rule. I don't like to say rules because that like feels very strict and like anti good relationship with food. Right, language matters, but more of like a guideline of if I'm cooking, all of my meals have to have the fab four protein, fiber, fats, carbs. If I can cover that, my meals are good. I'm good to go. My energy is good. I'm probably going to poop the next day. I'm going to feel way better, like energy wise and like reduction of headaches. If like as opposed to, you know, when you go on vacation, sometimes you forget <laughs> to pay attention to these things. Um, and so that's how I, when I'm home, prepare for a successful time of still feeling good, paying attention to my health, but not being exact with macros or calories. Um, and then you can take those tips with you moving forward. Like if you're somebody who weighs your food, it does get easier to eyeball four ounces of chicken or four ounces of salmon, even if you're not weighing it. Um, and then also like when I go out to eat, if I'm on vacation, if we're making meals, I still think like, okay, how can I get protein, fiber, fats, and carbs 
in my meals. Yeah. Awareness is key. Awareness is, is what allows you to transition to that intuitive eating. Now, how long did you track before you started to try this intuitive eating style? Um, cumulatively probably like two full years, but it was like one year, almost one year, like tracking everything. But then I was training for the marathon. It was more so a few days a week just to make sure that like carbs were fine. Energy was fine. Somehow kept losing weight, eating like 3000 calories a day. (laughs) So, you know, whatever um, works. maybe I should have tracked more (laughs) precisely, but, um, yeah. So cumulatively two years or more, but in a row where I was like really learning while tracking was like a solid 11 months. And then everything after that was kind of like, okay, how can I maintain what I'm looking to maintain, make sure that I'm hitting the bases. Um, yeah. And I still go every now and then I'm like, let me just see what this is. Mm-hmm. Track no, I think, I think that's that awesome. I'm curious about see what meal prep is looking like. That's it. That's another one I want to touch on. That's a, a question that I, I see a lot is all around meal prep is, is how do I meal prep? What should I meal prep? What recipes do you eat? Um, talk to me a little bit about how you've gone into, cause I know you said you didn't used to like meal prepping. So what's kind of changed for you? How do you approach meal prepping? Okay. So I honestly don't mind like having specific things to eat for a lunch for the week and dinner for the week. I won't make the same thing week after week after week. But I also am not somebody who just bulk preps like two or three kinds of protein, two or three kinds of veggies, and one or two kinds of carbs to like mix and match. I'd rather know exactly what I'm eating every single day and not have to like even think about that because I won't get bored for a week. I'm fine. Sometimes by the end of the week, I'm like, eh, I'm a little bored with this. So I like add some extra seasonings to whatever I make. But I really enjoy cooking which is why I was anti-meal prep for a while. Cause I was like, I at least want to cook dinner like four nights a week. We'll eat leftovers the next day. Um, sometimes I even cooked every single day of the week. And that's like what created hesitation for meal prepping because I loved it. But then I didn't have all of the time in the world to cook <laughs> every day and like produce would go bad. And I also didn't have all of the money in the world. And so didn't want to waste food, didn't want to waste money, wanted to save time. And so I started meal prepping. So I was like, okay, let me make this recipe for lunch. Like this week we have chicken thighs as our protein source for lunch and then mixed veggies of Brussels sprouts, shallots, and potatoes. So I've got the carb, I've got the fiber, I've got the fats and the protein and the chicken thighs and seasoned pretty simply. And so every day this week, I've had different kinds of condiments on top of that. 221 grams of the mixed veggies, 122 grams of the chicken. And that's all I have to put into a container. And then for dinner, we have burrito bowls. It's rice, it's beef, it's jalapenos because I had extras from last week, tomatoes, and cilantro, right? Like sounds really good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Sometimes I do go a little crazy and I have like eight ingredients for a meal and I'm like, I shouldn't have done this. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. I've seen some of your meals. They look really good. And it's funny you mentioned... I'm actually the other meal prepper that you mentioned. I'm very lazy when it comes to cooking. And I'm just like, get my, as long as my protein sources are made, like I have my rice cooker, I have my Instapot, I have all of the devices to make meal prepping as easy as and 
timeless as possible for myself because mm-hmm. I and I did vow I just moved today into or yesterday into a new apartment and I actually have a decent kitchen now like this is the nicest apartment I've ever lived in and um, I'm trying to get my girlfriend to eat more and she, like, she's getting into fitness a little bit so I'm like okay if I start meal prepping, like some nice meals, like, will you eat them? She's like, yeah, of course. So now I have a little bit of extra motivation and I'll just, I'll use some for content too, make some, uh, cool, cool meals. Um, but yeah, definitely send me some of your good recipes. I'll try them out. Okay. That's another thing. I am like that person that <laughs> it's usually not a recipe. I just throw crap together and I'm like, Oh, but tastes good. <laughs> See, that's that's me, but my meals are uh, most of the time very, very, very simple. Um, yeah. So I have a few ideas of things I'll try. I'm going to send them over to you after this. Uh, I'm going to send you some of the, the pictures and stuff like that. Okay. But that is my plan is to start meal prepping some nicer things a little bit more. What I call like Pinterest meal prep a little yeah. bit more. Okay. So my parents came to visit back in April and we were at a new bookstore and like looking at cookbooks and my mom and I were like, oh my God, this looks so good. And then she ended up sending me one of them as like a thank you for like hosting them, whatever. Um, and I have been making a lot of recipes from that cookbook and it's the rest, the cookbook is literally called super simple. Uh, so everything is pretty freaking easy to make, That's even the I things like. that are more complex. <laughs> like I made like walnut crusted chicken with honey and brie. And that sounds really complicated, but it honestly was pretty easy to make. And I was like, okay, I could do that again. <laughs> Um, and so I've been enjoying like using those as a guideline, but then being able to also be like, uh, more vegetables, um, more protein, just like based on, you know, all that time that I spent learning what we need to put in our bodies to make us feel good throughout the week. Now you get to have a little bit of fun with it and not necessarily be so stressed about it all of Mm -hmm. the time. So Mm -hmm. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, what are one or two things you want to leave the listeners with as far as how to start to integrate this into your life, to not be that all or nothing person, to be able to enjoy your life and actually see results? Hmm. I know a tough question. Pick one thing to start. Just one. It could be moving your body. It could be adding a vegetable to your plate. It could be drinking a glass of water before you have coffee. It could be anything. Pick one thing and add that to your day. You are not going to be motivated to do it more likely than not, because motivation is a very rare thing. But if you can pick that one thing and you can do it today, and then you set a goal of doing it tomorrow and you do it tomorrow, and then you can do it the next day and you do it for a whole week. Well, now you're creating momentum. You do it for two weeks, you're probably going to be like, okay, I can add something else. That's when you add something else. If you feel like what you have added in is still hard, it's not time to add something else. Wait until it feels simple and then you can add more in. If you add everything at the same time, you're going to get overwhelmed because your body has not learned and adapted to the changes that you're making. And that's like, mental adaptations, as well as physical adaptations. So take your time. The slower you go, the longer the results will last. Small changes yield epic results. Mic drop. I love it. Now I'm going to ask you the hard (laughs) question. Okay. I don't know if you know what's coming yet, but we're about to go to electric forest. Uh, what you're going to, we're going to get there. What? Five days, five day music festival. It's going to be crazy. What is your 
favorite, what is your most excited set for the weekend? Oh gosh. This is always really hard for me because yeah. I, I have like lots of anticipation sometimes for okay, like let's specific get top three. sets. Honestly, let me finish my thought before, but I have learned over the years that I'm thoroughly surprised by sets that I don't expect to go to. And so I'm trying to not like get my heart set on seeing super specific sets this year. But if I had to pick, it'd be Casbo and Lane 8 because I have not seen Casbo ever. And I love Casbo and Lane 8 is just epic. So those are my top two right now. That sounds like an answer from a very seasoned vet. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You just got to see where the energy takes you and go with it. I will say last year was my first force. It was when I really started to get into EDM and the whole raving scene. And I had at that time, no idea who slander was. And now I think of that and I'm like, oh my God. And one of my friends drug me there and I'm like, all right, whatever, like cool name for someone, I guess. And that was the coolest set I saw all weekend. And it was amazing. Yeah. You know, it was so much fun. You never know. Last year, we met a bunch of people who actually were going to be camping with them this year too, but they, we just kept running into them the first day. And then they decided to hang out with us because we kept running into them so many times. And we were like, we're going to this set. You can come with us or you cannot. And like half of them were not going to come. And the other half were like, we'll see what's up. Five minutes later, the rest of them were like, oh, we're coming guys. Like we can't, <laughs> we can't like separate from this energy. And then at the end, they're like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the so. coolest part about forest is you just meet so many people and the energy is so cool. Mm-hmm. And like, you just, you literally meet strangers from all over the world, all over the country. And like, yep. you're friends with them instantly. Also cool thing about forest, which like some other festivals have, but like the renegade stages, you never know what you're going to find in these renegade stages. And you can be so surprised people can yeah. throw down. Yes. So. I am extremely excited. I hope I get to run into you. Last year, we somehow ran into each other. That on was like the, the craziest last day. Thing. I was so we <laughs> it was were like sitting six there. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all I hear is my name and I turn around and I'm like, oh my God, I've been trying to get a hold of you all. Oh, there is absolutely no service there. There's like yeah. 40,000 people. It's impossible to find anyone. And you just happen to run into each other. It was crazy. It was wild. I was like, there's absolutely no way that that is Brevin. But also, holy shit, that's Brevin. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. I can't wait. I definitely hope we can meet up. Thank Mm -hmm. you for joining us on the Unfuck Your Health podcast. Where can everyone find you? Uh, First of all, thank you for having me. This was very fun. Uh, You can find me Instagram, TikTok, at at symbol, Hannah, (laughs) H-A-N-N-A-H, period. B fit. So at Hannah B dot fit. Um, I'm probably the most present on my Instagram stories as of now. So having a lot of fun there. Come talk to me. I'm not afraid to have conversations with people. So don't be afraid to reach out. She is the definition of plur. She will talk to anyone (laughs) and have great energy. I will drop those in the show notes so people can come and find you. Thank you again for joining us. I will see you on the next episode of the Unfuck Your Health podcast. Peace.
As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.